Welcome back to another edition of Baseball This Week with the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, Corey Provis. I am Derek Hansen. again brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service. And uh, Corey, a tough one last night in that 9-1 to win. It kind of sums up, am I wrong on this? It just seems like things can go okay and then that one inning seems to get away from the Twins and some of these losses. You just, you just can't waste Jose Barrios' performances like that. Yeah. And, you know, a guy that just strikes out nine and six plus innings, um, it's a great showing. It's a really strong showing. And you just you just have to win those games right now with the way that the starters have been going. And Maeda's been better lately, uh, certainly since coming off the injury list, Derek. But it's almost like the Twins have to win the Jose starts and then just, you know, try and hope for the best uh, the other four days until his turn comes around again and so just to waste that last night uh is disappointing it's, it's go time right now they're, they're, they're buried right now they're 12 games under but uh they have 17 in a row before the all-star break all within the division that if they can somehow you know go on a you know 14 you know three run here these next 17 or even 15 and two would be incredible if they could do something like that to make this competitive Entering the All Star break and then the trade deadline discussions maybe take on a different tone. Yeah, because you really can't waste the opportunities like you said with Brios, and you need to get in the mode here of really uh, a rolling here against Cleveland here at home. Then you're at the White Sox, Kansas City, and then again with the White Sox. I mean, if you're not competitive against the White Sox, you're really done before the All Star break. No, the, the White Sox have a chance to just to, to to truly bury the Twins here before the All Star break. Is that? It's that true. Uh, the White Sox can absolutely send the Twins uh, into a seller mode if they're not there already, uh, but with, with the six games they have before the All-Star break. So uh, that's why this is it. I mean, the Twins have put themselves in a terrible spot, uh, and if they want to salvage their season, they have to do it now before the All-Star break. I, I just hate to bring this up again, but it's just one of these things. If Byron Buxton didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. I, I, this is just that broken hand on Monday night. I just my my stomach was just churning after that. It just made me sick. You know, I was talking to one of the team doctors last night. Uh, he came by the booth and uh, he said, and I, I I didn't see this. Just just I didn't pick up the visual. Uh, but when Buxton made the catch, uh, the next half inning. He was in right center, was out number three. It was a really good running catch. Uh, and if you were watching it on TV, you could see him wincing a little bit. And that's what one of our team doctors saw. And when he saw the visual, he said, oh, it's broken. That, that was exactly what one of the team doctors thought, just looking at that visual and Aaron's reaction the next inning when he caught that ball. So um, it doesn't sound like he'll need surgery, but still he's going to be in at least a month, if not more. So grip strength. Uh, it's just going to be, it's just going to have to wait. And um, until that happens, you know, Byron's going to be a bystander. And again, they're they're going to be without their best player. It, it's just such a shame, too, because when he's in there, he's such a difference maker. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of injuries on, you know, both pitching and hitting and, you know, fielding and all that. But he's just been the MVP when he's in there, and they're just a different team without him. Oh, since 2018, if you look at the numbers, they're, they're like over 40 games over 500 when he plays. I mean, it's that it's that significant, and they're they're not anywhere near that without him. So he is the most important player on the team. We've said that for years. Um, not just just can't stay on the field, and it's there's nothing. It's not it's not a chronic. It's not like Donaldson here. He doesn't have a chronic you know, calf injury. A random 
thing that pops up. I mean, he gets this random hip injury that's not that's not too common to baseball players. Uh, that kept him out, you know, for nearly 40 games. And then he just gets hit by a pitch and his third game back, and and that's an injury that is quite common. Uh, batters that get hit, so it's not uncommon this latest injury that he has, but the last one certainly was. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, when you look at it too. Uh... What what's your take on Donaldson as far as you know? It seems like he's coming back after this leg thing, but man, he he's got to be aggravated too. Just his calves, his thighs, or whatever. It's just an ongoing thing with him. He's got big calves, and uh, you know I'm a little envious of that. I don't, but I guess if you have big calves, you're more prone to having this kind of injury, and uh, it's it's a chronic injury. This is not some acute, you know, traumatic you know, one-time thing. This is an ongoing ordeal for him. So, uh, But he looked good last night. I mean, his range was tested last night. Uh, he, was on times. Uh, he was one of a few bright spots offensively. And then defensively, I thought he made a couple of good plays. So uh, his range, I, I thought, was good. Um, certainly that was concerning uh, leading up to the game. But he passed all the tests before the game, before workout on the field, and was able to play and play well last night. Uh, tonight's starter, uh, what do we know about uh, Danny? Is it Colomade, or how do you say that? Danny Coulom. Coulom, okay. He's the guy that we saw, I think, for maybe two innings last year, and we saw him in spring training. And I, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be a bullpen game, if he's going to be an opener and do two innings, and then Griffin Jacks, uh, who took Randy Dobnak's spot, is going to come in and then be maybe be the bulk guy. Um, so I don't know exactly how the Twins are going to piece this one together, but um, you know, Dobnak's out, another injury to a twin starter, and these keep uh, piling up in a hurry. Yeah, it's and that just, I mean, that goes and that hurts your bullpen. It's just, it, it's really a trickle-down thing, isn't it? Oh, it is. It can be. I mean, this, this could set you back for, and again, no off days here until the All-Star break. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, still, I still think we're going to see a, a revolving, you know, door here with the roster and then the pitchers coming in and out. Uh, just they just don't have a lot of length right now, and then Pineda maybe is coming back next week, but he's going to have to go out and rehab first. Uh, so until that date is locked in, it's hard to it's hard to really pencil in when Michael's going to be back. What, how is the mindset right now, and just kind of the? I mean, it's harder to know. I'm sure you're not around the team as much as in, in a normal situation pre 2020. But I mean, is it pretty upbeat? I mean, I'm sure they're frustrated after some of these losses, but you know, when they're winning, they're having fun. It still looks like they're winning and having fun. It's just got to be a, a weird mindset. I guess you just can't look at the standings if you're a player. I, I think that they're all devastated. I think they're shocked. Uh, this was a team that was going to contend. This was a team that was going to, you know, make noise and go for their third straight division title. And then they just buried themselves uh, quickly here. And they, they played themselves out of this thing when he got to the beginning of May. And they could not win a close game. That, that to me, was pivotal uh, during the first month of the season, how poorly they played in, in extra inning games and double headers, but just, just in one-run games. Those two run games, they just were just not. They were just not very good in that area to start the season, and with that, they lost. And uh, they just dug themselves too big of a hole. And again, last night, you know, Taylor Rogers, you know, giving up the hit that Eddie Rosario, and then the other one scores on the Bobby Bradley ground ball out. You know, the, the Twins bullpen is allowing about sixty percent of inherited runners to score. The average is just above thirty. So just think about that. I mean, they're 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 about double what the league average is in inherited runners to score. So the, the, the bullpen has been a problem from day one. It was performing better. Now, to be fair, the bullpen was performing better. 
uh, the last, I'd say, two weeks. Yep. But, uh, you know, last night uh, just wasn't their night yet again. Just could not miss enough bats, and uh, Cleveland rallied for the win. Uh, you mentioned Eddie Rosario. I, I, as a Twins fan, I always had a love-hate relationship because he could be as exciting as any player, and then some of the base running errors and some of the other bad at-bats, the, the goofiness of him <laughs> sometimes, he is really kind of one of those up-and-down players, but he was always entertaining to watch, that's for sure. And he did it last night. Yep. The base running gaffe he made during the sixth inning, and that's like, okay, we've seen that before, but then we've also seen the at-bat that he had in the eighth inning before. I mean, the, the good and the bad. Eddie, in one game, that is not uncommon. And uh, one of my favorites, and I, I was disappointed last night in the fans, there was a video tribute uh, before the game, which was nice. It was in, He got a nice hand, but I thought his first at-bat, I thought there would have been that moment that Eddie would just – tip his cap one more time and Jose would kind of pace around the mound and I think Jose was willing to do that but the fans just kind of sat in their hands yeah. so I was I was surprised that and disappointed too and I said that as much last night that that Twins fans did not give him you know that moment for a guy that brought a ton of joy and a ton of clutch hits you know recognize him at the plate where he did some of his best work as a twin I thought that was a missed opportunity last night. Yeah, because it's, it, it's not like he left as a free agent because he wanted more money or anything. It's just the Twins said, hey, we're moving on, right? I mean, it's, it's essentially. Yeah, I, I think we all saw this coming. I think yeah. the fact that Eddie was non-tender was, was not at all a shock. And, you know, it was a financial decision, but also looking at their depth in the minor leagues, they had left-handed corner outfielders ready to play. And, uh, you know, with Lardick and Kirloff, and we've seen those guys, well, it was their turn. And I think that was, I think we all saw that decision coming. It was not a surprise. Um, granted, how depleted the Twins outfielder, outfield has been this season, having Eddie out there would have been a bonus. But even if Eddie Rosario was back with the Twins, Derek, I don't think the Twins are all of a sudden a playoff team. I, I think that, you know, that's not their issue right now. Their issue has been more on the pitching side. Um, and, you know, yes, it would have been, I'm sure the Twins maybe have another win or two but they're not going to have 10 more wins because Eddie Rosario is in that uniform again. Totally agree. Uh, Final thing for you, your take on the first week of pitchers going through TSA screenings after every inning. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of weird to watch. I hope it settles down a little bit, but you know, we had the Max Scherzer blow up with Joe Girardi, but hopefully this settles down a little bit. It's just an odd thing to see each and every inning. Yeah, I mean, there's the Scherzer moment, and I think even the Sergio Romo, you know, I thought that was funny uh, when Sergio just kind of took off his pants and everything. But yeah. uh, those, those seem to be the outliers. I mean, to me, the visual has been more, it's been more laughter that I've seen from pitchers than it hasn't been demonstrative or anger. I think it's a nuisance. I think it's, if a guy comes off the mound, he has a clean inning, he has no problem doing that. But, you know, for Hansel Robles, you give up three runs in the ninth inning on Tuesday, the last thing you want to do is see an umpire and go over your glove and your hat and your belt and all that stuff. But that's that's just what's going to happen. So I think it was a needed step by baseball, uh, just how historically bad offense is this year, going back to, you know, the late 1960s. And so I think it was needed. I just think this should have been done in the off season. And I think this should have been done with more collaboration with the union. I think baseball reacted a bit late on this and made decisions unilaterally when they should have involved the union and involved the players a bit more than they did. 
Very good. Thanks so much for your time again, Corey. I'll be enjoying you again from the uh, pontoon like I was last night. <laughs> Always enjoy listening to you guys, uh, you and Danny. And I love Danny calling that pickoff play th- last night, too. He just has yeah, a Yeah, he, he, saw, he, saw, he saw that come, didn't he? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, you bet. Hey, take care. Thanks so much for being with us. All right, Derek. Thanks. Corey Provost, the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, with us here on Baseball This Week, brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service on the mighty 719 and 104.7 KFGO.